Hey, this is Joseph Zala, and this is Grits and Grids, a weekly discussion with restaurant and beverage industry designers and professionals on all things creative. Thanks for tuning in. All right, everyone. I am sitting with the one and only Mr. Patrick Worley. Patrick is a senior designer. True. Sure. Yeah. Here at Iris Worldwide. In also true. Office. That is also true. It's, it's actually now pronounced Iris. <laughs> We're trying to be classier and trying to. Well, we don't want to be terrorists. That's true. It's so, one of the, we love yeah. our company, but oh boy. We're peace loving people. That's right. Um, so, Patrick, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your history? Not all of it, because Patrick's old. Super so old. I was born history. in. Um, <laughs> my history. Uh, I've been in the design industry. I just did air quotes for the audio. They were really good situation. Um, and so I have about 30 years of experience with me. I actually worked on one of the first Macs. Wow. I even called it a Mac. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and I, my first work experience was at a pre-press shop. Nice. No longer exists. If people don't know that, to the best of my knowledge. Um, And that's kind of where I learned the software end of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then worked my way through various agencies, primarily in the Washington, D.C. area. Mm. Um, The district. Yes. The capital. The capital. Yes. Um, And that's kind of where my interest began to steer towards publications, magazines, etc. And then eventually finally stepped out on my own because I thought I was a smarty pants. (laughs) Like most of us do. (laughs) Thought I was the most talented person in the world. I know everything. I'm going to own a business. I work hard and I'm really good at this. (laughs) Turns out that's not really all you need. Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah. I think that's a lesson that we all learned um, mm-hmm. really quick. I think uh, Isaac, who was on, I think, episode two, said it the best. We're like, yeah, I think we're still building the plane mid-flight. <laughs> that's pretty much yeah. every entrepreneur and yeah. center. <laughs> yeah. well, I think especially as designers, I think we're easily excitable, mm-hmm. generally mm-hmm. speaking. Mm-hmm. We also tend to daydream a lot. A lot. So... We're the people who buy the really crappy house and put $150,000 into the kitchen. Yeah. And it looks amazing. <laughs> it's like a resell. But you can't turn on the lights, and when it rains, the house floods. And like, you know. <laughs> Are you talking about Frank Lloyd Wright right now? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> For those that don't know, not that Frank I'm like Lloyd, Frank Lloyd Wright. You're not. You're yeah. old enough to be him. Yes. Um, yeah, Frank Lloyd Wright, notoriously, not many people know this, but his, uh, his roofs leaked and um he also would when he designed the house if he, he would come back to visit it and when he did he would he would move all of the furniture back to where he wanted it so kind of a horror story which as a segue that is october's Ooh, theme because it's scary because it's scary we do halloweens uh yeah for for those in not the u.s uh we do Halloween where we dress up like things. And you know people. what? Candy corns would have been kind of nice for us. No, this. God. They're terrible tasting. They're really disgusting. <laughs> they're the worst candy in the world. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's poison. I would rather eat booger-flavored uh, jelly bellies. What are they called? Uh, oh, oh, dang. That's terrible. The jelly bean uh, company. Yeah. I'd rather that eat that. One. Yeah. <laughs> With the assorted flavors yeah. that should never have happened. Yeah. Oh, God. Did you ever play the uh, game that they have where you... They, they put good ones and bad ones, and they look the same, and you spin and have to pick 
pick it and eat it. And sometimes it's lime, but sometimes it's fresh cut grass. Yeah. So, you know, that's a good idea. It's a good idea. Until so you have the dog poop one and you throw up, which I did. Because I barely have the stomach of a two-year-old. Um, that's really good. So, yeah, horror stories. And yep. this month we have a couple people lined up. Um, Jose Rosado from the Angry Millennial podcast. But uh, one of the main reasons I had him on is because he just started an initiative called Creatives Against Depression. So it's a bit of a heavy topic. Um, but I think an important one, especially since, um, as you know, like you go off on your own and you're, you're really on your own sometimes. And we get sad. Know, you get real blue. Yeah. Real blue. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that, that sadness mm. isn't just a result of doing something. Sometimes that sadness is actually an illness and you actually suffer and fight with depression. So we talk a little bit more about that with him. Um, you've been blue before. Absolutely. It's a Absolutely. Yeah. What did you do to fight, fight it? You do anything? Um, I, well, it, it took a long time, but I finally realized that I had to. I, I think most of mine, at least work-related, probably stemmed from the isolation of being self-employed. Yeah. Um, use you spend so much time just trying to get things done yeah, that you start to feel a little left behind Yeah, in terms of what's going on in the world, not just professionally, but across the board. Humans. So, yes. what's a human? so I, I think the biggest challenge for me was, one, acknowledging that mm -hmm. and then putting myself out there a little bit more. Even in professional terms, just putting myself out there to freelance, just right. honestly for the sake of getting out there and getting amongst yeah. my peers, so to speak, um, and interact with people and realize that, you know, it wasn't just that little bubble that I was stuck in all day long. Yeah, I think that's something I'm really bad at, too. Yeah. There, You know, we have creative mornings, which is in almost every city, yeah. and I haven't been to one, and I yeah. feel like it's almost embarrassing. <clears throat> it's really challenging to get yourself to yeah. get up and go do those things. Primarily because the first priority for you, especially someone as busy as yourself, mm -hmm. is just trying to get things done. Yeah. Um, we tend to overbook ourselves. <laughs> we tend to not be the best of delegators. Right. It's true. Um, especially the overconfident ones. We think we can do it all. Yeah, and when you're um, scrambling, I mean, when you're scrambling to get a paycheck. Too, it's just survival. Yeah. You're in survival mode. You're not really thinking about your mental or spiritual well-being. Yeah, it's true. You're, you're just trying to get from deadline to deadline and uh, crazy client to crazy client. Yeah. So. Flashing back to the beginnings, right? Now. It's, oh, it's very easy, <laughs> I think, to get caught up in that. Um, and it is. It, it kind of surprises you when it does catch up to you and you realize, wow, I'm really miserable. Yeah, like I'm really freaking sad. Like uh, Jose said just a minute ago, well, I, I so now you know that I just did this a minute ago with Jose. Um, he just said, you know, you, you know, I'm picking up a sock and I just start crying for no reason. You're like, why am I crying? Like, why is my face leaking? <laughs> well, socks just do that. Yeah, you're like, oh, this is my favorite sock. Um, I wore this two days It's ago. true, though. I think uh, it's so important to get out and, and in the design community, especially when you're working on your own as a freelancer, and because, you know, some freelancers balance um, between working at agencies and home. Some just work at home for their own clients all the time. And it can it can put you in a bad place without you really knowing it. Like that's yeah. crazy. And then, then you have the stress of clients. Yeah. You know, and they're stressful. And so yeah. this this month is not meant to be client bashing, but it is no, meant to no. let you all know that we have all been down those roads. And so... 
Um, another guest this month will be um, Josh Miles. He is uh, one of the founders of Miles Herndon in Indianapolis and also the host of Obsessed with Design podcast. Wow, there um, you go. And I think we're going to talk about the scary monsters, like the Frankenstein <laughs> project and the, uh, the, the mysterious uh, client stakeholder that appears out of nowhere at the very yeah. end and crashes everything. Yeah, the Goliath, Leviathan. I don't know. We'll, we'll come up with names for these. Um, what are some of the scariest things that you've dealt I, with? I have to say, I've been really fortunate in that I've had some really great clients. Oh yeah, yeah. We have. Um, and my, I don't have a specific horror story. Yeah. Um, I don't have that client that was just completely crazy. Mm-hmm. What I do have is a long litany of um, experiments. <laughs> The people who come to you. It was the 70s. <laughs> well, yeah, there was that. Yeah. Oh, uh, different experiments. Sorry, sorry. Um, those definitely didn't pay. Yeah, no. Um, more more the, uh, the clients or the potential clients that come to you with what is relatively probably a good idea in theory, mm-hmm. um, but as it turns out, has no um, financial backing. Yeah, no money. Um, not, it's going to be a great opportunity for you. You're going to be able to build your book. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people, so I can introduce you. You're getting in on the ground floor. Ground you're going floor, to be yeah. one of the founding members. of. Yeah. Um, and, and to be perfectly honest, I'm still a bit of a sucker for that. Yeah. Um, whether it's, and it's not because I have spare time. I just, I on some level, I almost relate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all had those good ideas that we wish we could do. Um well, it's our job to get excited about projects, mm. you know. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that's. I mean, you know. At, at this point, I definitely know when I'm when I'm going, yeah, going down that road of I'm never going to get paid for this. Yes. Yeah. And yet, I still find myself unable to not think about it, mm-hmm. and then eventually just start working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually doing it right now for a friend of mine oh, nice. up in New York. Um, I like that because I just. I, I, I blew her off month after month after yeah. month, and then I finally now do it. Well, see, it'd be different if, um, you know, again, I, we've all been there. Yeah. Um, and for those just starting out, believe me, you'll go there too. Despite hearing this, yeah, you're going to do it. Um, I'm not trying to crush dreams. Oh, I love crushing dreams. Get out dreams. there and do <laughs> My wife calls me a dream crusher. <laughs> I am the voice of absolute and uh, unpadded reason sometimes. But I think... Here's the tough thing is that you're not always going to have clients that have money. And there's a saying yeah. that goes, there, there's the stuff you do for the book and there's the stuff you do for the bank. And, but that first part is really important to think about. It's, it's the stuff you do for the book. But if that client has no money but also wants to bully you into doing mm-hmm. subpar work, then you're not doing work for the book yeah. or the bank and yeah. you're going to find yourself in a really ugly, scary situation. I feel like nine times out of ten, that's kind of where that goes. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, unfortunately. Um, because in theory, I think you're right. I think you, you take the job, even though you know you're probably not going to pay, but you get to do it how you think it should be done right. because you're not getting compensated. That's your compensation. So they're fortunate just to have you doing it. Right. In the end, it doesn't seem to work out that way. And eventually you get frustrated and fed up and mm-hmm. it kind of Sours. fizzles and fades away. And you find out it never happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it never got off the ground. Yeah. I think that's part of it is, you know, when you're, when you're talking to a potential client and you start to get the, the whillies that 
Well, wait a second. They're probably not well funded. Yeah. It really is a matter of coming right out. I'm like, do you have the money to get yeah. this stuff produced, to get this yeah. done? Because if you don't have the money for me, you probably don't have the money to do that. And no. sometimes you just have to be a little more gorilla with things. Uh, like, like, you know, speaking specifically to restaurants and beverage brands, for instance. Beverage brands and restaurants, you have to have money to open up something at some point. Yeah. Now, you can do the pop-up thing, but the pop-up thing is temporary. It's not a, it's not an ongoing thing. You're going to no. have to at least commit or get the money together or get an investor. And at that point, you're going to be spending upwards of a million dollars or more. Restaurant, you're going to be well over half a million. And no. beverage brand, equipment alone. Come on. I mean, you're not making this out of buckets no. from uh, Home Depot anymore. And you location to, is vital. So Yeah, so you are got to have a good location. Yeah. So my, you know, my question always is, is like, okay, well, you had the money to spend... Two million dollars on an interior right. design and build out, but now you don't even have a thousand dollars to do anything right. with anything else. So, either you're lying or you're really bad with money. Either way, you're probably gonna fail. Yeah, and that's and that, I think it sucks to hear, and it, and it takes a it takes a big sack to say that out loud yeah. to someone. But that's really what it comes down to. Now, you get like. The small, the small ideas, the friends that are trying to do something, and I think in those instances you can be and should be uh, honest and say, look, I'm going to listen to your vision. I have my own thoughts. You yeah. don't have money. The only way you really get me is if I do this my way because yeah. that's what I get out of it. Yeah. So if I can land with a better piece in my book, then I'm winning. Yeah. But like you said, Nine times out of ten, you rarely end up with money, and you rarely end up with a better piece in your book. You end up with a lot of regret. Yeah, well, and and I will say, I have, I have, um, I, I have never regrets. regretted saying no to yes. one of these projects. Never, not one in my illustrious career yeah. has turned out to be that big bang great idea oh, yeah, and game I think, oh man how did i miss out on that one <laughs> i wasn't on the ground floor <laughs> it's it has never happened i should have been so, on the ground floor i should have been there but i, I, I agree i i'm not you know I, I don't want to kill dreams i mean people come up with good ideas all the time and they yeah. get them funded and they go on to be great ideas yeah but, and it's not all about the second money is important we're not they get them funded yes um we're not greedy for the sake of Greed's sake, but it is an like important part. Well, yeah, there's that. Um, and you have and, humans. You and you don't want to spend, humans. You got to pay for them. You don't want to spend all of your time scrambling trying to get somebody to pay you something. Right. So it's it's it falls. It ends up being part of time management mm -hmm. and all the rest of it. Agreed. Well, I, I can say that. I think you know. I, I have a lot. Of, we have a lot of great clients, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, and nothing that I'd be saying this month would be against any of our current clients uh, or a lot of our past clients. But there are some that are, wow. Yeah. Like, I still, I, I get, like, post-traumatic stress thinking about them, <laughs> you know, like when they come up in my head, you know. Um, and, and it's really tough to work through. But like like you said, I think even now I think about the, the team that he's hired, and I, I almost want to reach out and say, Hey, are you guys okay? Because I know what you're going through. You know, like that, that is tough. That is tough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, I think um, the 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 monsters come in many forms. I think it's really important to figure out how do you start dealing with them. Um, the third guest we have this month, uh, at the end of the month, is actually a client of mine and going to be former client because um, he sold his business. 
Um, and so he started Seven Hens back in 2011, I want to say. We helped him with the naming and the brand development, get that first location open. Mm-hmm. He got a second location open. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like most restaurants, it's, it is a bumpy, bumpy, not easily paved. Yeah. It's a tough road. And I think yeah. he fought, fought, fought. He got it to a really good point, but it was never that point that was going to break into a huge multi-unit or, or franchise deal. It just never got there for him. Um, and he's going to be talking about that because that, that's the horror story, right, is you try, you try, you try, and it just doesn't meet your expectations. Um, I think he walks away generally unscathed, but some people don't. Yeah. You know, I've seen people open in a blaze of glory yeah. and, like, you know, like a Led Zeppelin, basically, in flames, just this huge yeah. thing where I've seen places go down in three months. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, restaurant business, like a lot of businesses, what you come to realize is that there's no end. Right. You know, there's not that point where you made it. Right. There's no such thing. Right. Um, it's that that endless. You can't you can't ever be content. Yeah. You can't ever stop. There isn't a point where there isn't a point, honestly, where those clients where they don't need you. Honestly, mm-hmm. that, that's from a designer's perspective. Yeah. Like you, you, but there's a point where they don't have the money to pay you. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And that's probably the point, honestly, where the rest of the business is starting to take a downward slide anyways. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's interesting, too, is like, like you said, they really they need you, but they don't have the money to pay you. And quite honestly, by the time they come to terms with the fact that they need you, it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. You know? like I've It's an act of desperation at that point. Absolutely desperation. And yeah. as everyone in, who's probably listening to this knows, what we do is not a turn of the key and now you have money flowing. Right. It's a long-term strategy and I think it's really hard for any businesses to realize that, but we're almost at fault for that too. And our, like we're, I think creatives in general are really bad self-promoters. Terrible. I mean, really bad I was, That was a huge weak point for me. I, I yeah. was absolutely terrible. Well, and I, for in my naive, um, cocky younger self, I think in the back of my mind, I just thought business took care of itself. Right. That's you do you know, the work. It comes because because I'm so good and I'm willing to work really hard. Then it just happens. I, they call you. Right. It's, <laughs> they somehow hear it. They're like, "Hey." It turns out they don't <laughs> at all. It's true. But isn't that what we tell our clients too? Like we yeah. say, "Like, hey, look, you know, you have to absolutely. You, you know, you have to do this. You have to do this." And then we don't do it. Do not all. practice what I preach. Yeah. It's funny. Um, yeah, I, I think that's why I'm on this side of the table because. I, I would never pretend that I could do their job better than that. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm certainly going to try and understand their business and where they're coming from, what they want to do. But I, at the end of the day, it's their thing, not mine. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I do try to tell them how to do their job. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it comes with, I have a lot of information and it's always building. So I always try to advise. And like you said, you, you do this for so long, you can see. You can see that iceberg coming a yeah. mile away, yeah. and so I usually try to steer them away from it. Um, sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. I won't say that they fail every time, but it is a very high rate when they don't listen. Because um, again, it's like I've been down this path, man. Yeah. Like I know I've seen this. Yeah, um, it's really interesting, and I think that's that's also scary too. You almost get in this moment of frozen. <laughs> Like, like, you know, I, I've seen people when I've done it myself where you just freeze. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just don't. Ugh, deer in headlights. Don't yeah. move, and that's the worst thing you can do. Um, well, there's there's no simple guide to succeeding in any business. Right. If you do steps one through seven, you're 
Yeah, the 12-step no, program you know, is that thing. Um, <laughs> it's true. I wish there was, like, a, a roadmap. Yeah. Um, so what else in your career would you consider, like, scary? So there was a moment where you were on your own. Yeah. So you uh, had to come moment. to that moment where you were like, this isn't working. I mean, um, it had to be scary. I, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the first couple of years, I was fortunate enough from the get-go, um, really just pure luck. Yeah, um, to have a good client base. Um, what I realized in hindsight, probably five, six years into it, was, um, and, and I maintained them for a long time, um, but what I realized was I had no long-term plan mm -hmm. in effect. Um, and at that point, because of the workload, I really didn't have the time to step back and say, okay, you know, where do I see this going and why and how am I going to achieve that? Yeah. Um, um, so I think for me, um, in terms of starting my own business, I wish I would have put in the, <clears throat> the work and time into building out that vision mm -hmm. uh, realistically. Yeah, the bigger um, picture. Yeah, from the get-go. Mm -hmm. Instead of waiting, oh, I'll do that down the road. Because uh, eventually you'll get to that road and you won't be ready for it. Mm -hmm. um, either you're too busy to deal with it or for whatever reason, uh, bad timing, economy falls apart, you find yourself going from 10 clients to two. Right. And then, like we've kind of talked about before, then it's too late. Yeah. Um, because then you're just in survival mode. Right. And then you tend to find yourself working on those projects that don't really have any guaranteed financial mm -hmm. compensation. So we do the logo for 200 bucks because you just yes. you need 200 bucks which, this week. Which is another um, uh, error in that the small, the quote-unquote small jobs um, never really are that small. At least in terms yeah. of the time you spend mm -hmm. and the effort and the energy. And um, So I try to steer clear of those these days as best I can. Um, yeah. What prompted the decision to join Iris? Um, I think in part uh, that I had been, quote-unquote, on my own for yeah. 15 years. Um, and I had kind of gone through all of the ups and downs. Um, and I was kind of in that freelancing mode of, yeah. i got to get out there. i got to get around people. Because um, one thing I have definitely realized, regardless of the degree of creativity, if you desire to be creative at all, mm -hmm. um, interaction with other creative people is a huge inspiration. Mm -hmm. Even if it's competitive or um, e even if they're working on things. Yeah. yeah. Um, even if it's just seeing what they're doing on screen. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with anything you've ever done before. Just being in that environment is um, much healthier. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, Iris was, uh, I was freelancing. Um, periodically yeah. for people um, and landed at Iris one day and they wouldn't let me leave. Yes, they trap you. Yeah. Um, so I get I get two square meals a day and a cot. And you're allowed to be out of the cage for and, and they open the window. <laughs> um, so it's it's uh, great. Yeah. And it's going to um, be, I think, a little bit more. I mean, I know one of the things that, you know, at least here at Iris, um, they're... There are, like, everyone has, like, these specialties, whether they realize yeah. it or not. And yeah. 
it's great how your publication design and layout um, skills have really helped shape a lot of projects um, that I don't think many agencies or creative directors would have seen the need for, um, at least early on. But with that, public, I mean, so I, I have, I've designed, I would say, maybe four books mm-hmm. in my life. Two of them were my own, two of them were for clients. Um, or three books, actually. Oh, shit, man, more than that. Maybe closer to ten. Anyway, because I forgot cookbooks. Yeah. Our books as well. The revisions on those. Yeah. Nightmare standard. Like, yeah. like that. that's nightmare. I mean, yeah. that ain't easy. And same thing with websites, obviously, too. Like, how do you start to handle... Because it's easy to get into revision vertigo. Yeah. Um, I, I worked at an agency in D.C. That's all they did was publications. Mm. Like, literally, so... Was it called Hell Incorporated? <laughs> It was going to be, and then it went under. Oh, gosh. Gotcha. Um, no pun intended. Um, I, I got, I really like, as, as bad of a um, business planner and manager as I might be, mm-hmm. I did not mind the challenge of um, the logistics and planning and scheduling of things like magazines mm-hmm. and books and that kind of thing. Um, I don't know why that appeals to me because hmm. there's nothing really creative about that part of right. it. But for some reason, it just worked for me. So I'm not, um, although it's not fun, yeah. uh, revisions on books um, and, and magazines are much the same except it's a different book yeah. every month. Yeah. Um, I just, I like the challenge of, of figuring out the most efficient way to survive mm-hmm. that process. Yeah, I'm not sure why that appealed to me. Um, you definitely learn, you know, especially with books, um, you learn uh, lots of tricks in terms of how copy is flowed and mm-hmm. um, how to share files with people. Yeah. Um, um, and and you know, obviously, stressing to whatever editorial source you have that as clean as it can be from the beginning is easier and better right. for everyone. Right. Um, but then there's, there's the no magic deadline. bullet. Then there's the final deadline and the final yeah. final deadline. <laughs> yeah. And then no for real, this yeah. is the deadline. And then, yeah. then it's out the door. Well, that that is one thing I will say that I like about magazines is yeah. that the final, final deadline is when the printer says, if it doesn't go on press tonight, it's not going to go. Right. So, so you see light. There was, there, was, <laughs> there was a very final moment for everyone. Yeah. So you didn't have to call a client and say, hey, this is getting really scary the client knew that right your magazine's not going to show up right exactly yeah. the, the dream <laughs> um, is your dead. subscribers aren't going to get anything so yeah. and, um, that magazines were definitely um, like that was actually kind of a bonus and that there was yeah. an end to every issue for everybody involved it's always like tax season for accountants they, they <laughs> hey, know yeah. the yeah. 16th of April yeah. is party day the challenge with magazines of course if you work on whether you work on multiple publications or just one, um, that you tend to work so far in advance. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, you know, if, if I'm working on a November issue of a magazine, I'm probably working on it in July, just to meet printing and distribution. Makes deadlines. sense. Yeah. Um, so that was always kind of challenging, um, but I kind of, for whatever reason, it it worked for me. Yeah, that's interesting. I found. Um I have found some solace in project planning mm-hmm. and 
activation strategies, which have got to be the most boring things in the world. But for whatever reason, I, I find the it, it's it's still creative to me because it's still problem solving, right? Yeah. And I think that's essentially. I think, the I think that's that really the key too. It's it's the problem solving thing is is definitely something that I think appeals to all of us. Yeah. Um, it's 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 almost more that than quote unquote being creative. Right. Um, creativity is just kind of a bonus that comes with it, but. Yeah, I think uh, you know, magazines that that finality, that final deadline, um, made it easy for me to plan um, from the end going to the back. Right. Um, which was in essence kind of easy for me to do. Yeah. Um, with a lot of other projects, when you get into uh, you know rebranding a company or a mm -hmm. product or something like yeah. that, you know the deadline is. Fluid. It's loose. <laughs> Which is both nice and at the same time um, frustrating, I think, eventually, because you can it's hard to kind of pull the trigger and say, right. this is it. Well, that's the funny thing about usually in those projects, um, even even startup, um, mm -hmm. it's some the deadline's usually fluid and loose, but you know when you've mm -hmm. missed it. Because the yeah. client all of a sudden is like pissed and you're like yeah. i thought there was no deadline yeah. like you said that we yeah. didn't have to be done this week and now it sounds like we did have to be done or this they've week. had too much time to think about it oh, and yeah. or you've had too much time to think about it yeah and you find that you just don't like that idea anymore right and you can't get behind it <laughs> oh yeah um, i've been there too where where it's been it's actually almost out the door and then you look and you realize that you have a better idea i think i think for me uh, it, you know the idea of planning scheduling, mm -hmm. delegating, I've come to realize that there's a lot more satisfaction to be gained as right. a designer or a creative person if I do that unfun stuff. Yeah. Just do it and get it out of the way because in the in the long run, mm -hmm. you're going to be a lot happier and a lot, everyone's going to be happier. You're going to like what you've done. Um, yeah. As opposed to those, those projects that never end. Yeah. Um, I have the same problem, you know, with like house chores. It's like failure oh, yeah. to launch. It's yeah. like those dishes aren't going to clean themselves. But if I wait tonight, I'll just do them tomorrow. Yeah. And the problem just gets bigger. I think the same can be said about um, one managing client expectations, mm -hmm. managing the project, being very clear yeah. on what deadlines you have in order to meet the deadlines they have, yeah. and what it means if it's missed. They're not pretty. They're ugly conversations, and sometimes yeah. I think people tend to make them harder conversations than they need to be, um, yeah. almost like the boogeyman in the closet. <laughs> yeah. you know? And nobody wants to talk about it. Right. Nobody wants to talk about, hey, um, you're about so many thousand dollars over budget, yeah. and we're changing directions completely. Yeah. Um, nobody wants to say, hey, you know, probably need to put this on a, on a shelf somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, time this out. Yeah. Maybe revisit it later. Yeah, it's, it's not a fun conversation, but... Yeah. Um, and, and there's probably an art form to it. I can't say that I've mastered it, but it, I definitely appreciate um, when it does happen. Yeah, it happens a lot. I mean, with, you know, with Vigor and running Vigor, the, when it comes to beverage and, and restaurants, it's never, like, planning is almost a joke because yeah. I think everyone has the best intentions to plan things out and to do things a certain mm -hmm. way and to go in order, mm -hmm. but there's always that, um, it's, it's a real story that became... Uh, an anecdote for me almost is that there's always a $30,000 hole. 
So, you know, we were designing and, and working on a place here in Atlanta, a cidery, and the place is great. Everything's going well. We're doing a walkthrough of the space before demo and construction begin. And all of a sudden, you hear this hollow point, and in, in the cement floor is a hollow sound. And what we came to find out is there was a hidden staircase that the landlord just put a piece of plywood down and about six inches of cement on top, but never mm-hmm. filled in the staircase. Mm-hmm. What was down there? Stairs. Oh, wow. Literally just stairs down to the next floor. Um, but the stairs were completely blocked off from any access. So there were there were these hidden stairs, and somehow that became the tenant's problem. It was a $30,000 hole that had to be filled in the right way to code, blah, blah, blah. And I think those unexpected turns, those unexpected monsters always happen. I think you, you know, the more familiar you get with them and how to mitigate those situations, the better your projects can go. Um, but still, there's always the clients that just will absolutely ignore everything you're saying, and then they'll run into the same problems that you warned about. And yeah. it's, uh, you know, you have to almost I mean, hold your shit together and find a way to get through it together. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's unavoidable. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't care how how great of a planner or um, therapist you may be. Uh, those, yeah. those clients are going to happen. I mean, that's just life. People are. Those people um, are going to happen, right? Now. <laughs> pretty much. Um, don't put your hand on that stove. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's going to burn you. <laughs> Told you it was going to burn just, you. You just have to take that as part of the business you're in. Yeah. I think, I mean, they're not all going to be dream clients. Um, I do think the um, the thing, going back to having those sort of structured schedules or deadlines, mm-hmm. um, I think that was one of the biggest challenges for me in terms of self-promotion yeah. or branding myself. Because, I mean, working for yourself there, is the worst. There's just, there's just that that window never closes. I mean, right. I would, I would finally settle on this direction or that direction, and a week later, I would think it was the biggest pile of garbage, mm-hmm. and I would start all over. And and honestly, never really promoted myself, mm-hmm. not even a single day. <laughs> That's been like the most important thing about getting our team to work on like bigger promoting, like yeah. bigger marketing stuff. And yeah, I. But the minute I touch it. Yeah. I hate everything that I did. Yeah. Immediately yeah. afterwards, like a month yeah. afterwards, I've redesigned our our presentation and pitch deck at least sixteen times. Yeah. And I still hate it. Yeah. My my advice, I think uh, my simple advice to people who are going to step out on their own or start their own company, mm-hmm. design company, um, is one, hire somebody who you really like and respect mm-hmm. to brand you. Yes. Yeah. They're just just give it up. It takes Let a sack, them, right? I mean it takes yeah, like, guts to do that. You gotta bite through your tongue on that one, but yeah. it, um and make maybe sure maybe you can look out. I'm sorry. Maybe you can look like look out and find yeah. someone that respects you as much as they you respect them, and you can switchies. That would be ideal, right? Um, and then you know have some financial structure in place, and have um, a good base of resources, an accountant, mm-hmm. and a lawyer, and um, and other designers like that you respect yeah. and and know you can rely on, um, so that you are not a one man or woman band. Well, so yeah, isn't that, I mean, that that's a big reason to go out and be a part of these events as well, is Definitely. to extend not just your network Definitely. for new business, but your network for when you inevitably take on more work mm-hmm. than you can handle, you have someone you can trust Absolutely. that'll treat it with respect. Um, so I think what we were, that, that gets us into finalizing this. Mm-hmm. We, we had talked about these six major tips to leave people with. So Sorry, we're, you're in the, for, yeah, it's all right. It's slurping's good. We're, we talk about food and drink. We all understand <laughs> Um, 
So you're in the dark forest, you're in the middle of a horror yeah. story, yeah. Uh, maybe it's life or maybe it's just a single project. Yeah. What are some tips that we can leave people with that you've learned in your vast career? <sighs> I like the word vast. Me too. Um, if, if I'm in the midst of it, um, <clears throat> I would, well, <laughs> um, my first advice would be to recognize it. From the get-go. And, th and there are moments where I know this client or this project uh -huh. is going to be one of these. I can live with that if I just accept it right up front. Right. Don't don't lie to yourself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> be, be honest and know that you're probably not going to get anything for this. And you may never see anything actually printed or mm -hmm. anything go live. Mm -hmm. So. And even if you do, it probably just, won't get off the ground. Right. So, um, that's that would be my first advice. If if you're in the midst of it, I mean, if if there's no, if you know almost for a fact that there's no um, financial compensation or whatever, I mean, there's no pretty way, yeah, to step away, um, other than to say that this just isn't working. Um, yeah, saying no and breaking up, I think, are two of the most powerful things I learned how to do. Yeah. realizing when it is, when it's. Yeah. Mutually unbeneficial yeah. to continue the relationship, yeah. even if they're still involved um, or still want to be involved with you, you, you have to trust your gut, man. Yeah. If it ain't feeling right, yeah. it is not right, and it's time yeah. to walk. Because here's the thing, you're going to be doing them a bigger disservice by sticking around. You know, same thing with any relationship, right? Yeah. You're dating someone, and, and you realize that your heart's not in it, but their yeah. heart's in it. And yeah, you could keep them around and save, save them the hurt right up front. Yeah. But you're going to be doing some dog shit, and it's going to yeah. be rude, and they're going to eventually find out, and you're going to hurt them even worse. Yeah. So it's better just to rip the Band-Aid, say peace. And I've always found to leave them with some options of other yeah. people that you know and you trust and say, hey, look, yeah. these guys do good work. I guess the problem with that is if you know they're a shithead client, yeah. do you even offer that? Maybe send them to the yeah. agency you hate. <laughs> well, here, go here. They're great. There is, there, there, is, is, there is that. There is sabotaging your competition. Uh, that's, that's a definite route to take. Um, I think the other one too is just out, just outprice them. Oh I mean, yeah. You can if you haven't gotten if you haven't got too far in the hole already with them, just right. you know tell them that they've maxed their limit and mm -hmm. this is what the price is going to be going forward. And chances are you probably won't ever hear from them. Absolutely. Like, well, I think if, they, if they're running a tab that is substantial, yeah. that's the easiest way to yeah. dig your heels in yeah. and say, uh-uh, no more work, yeah. no more deliverables until yeah. this is paid. Yeah. And you have to stand true on it because here's the thing yeah. is you usually have the, the upper hand when it comes to the law. Yeah. Um, unpaid is unpaid. Oh. And they're paying for not just your work but the yeah. output that you have given. So, um you know, I think it's important, like, that's one of the things I had to learn is to just harden up a little bit. And it doesn't yeah. mean you have to be a jerk or, or a dick about things, right. but you have to be real. And the fact is, if you came into, say, a restaurant and you ate $500 of food and said, oh, I'll, I'll pay you for on the next one. Right. Their answer is going to be like, no, yeah. you're going to pay for this now. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're family or what, they're going to do that. Yeah. So that's good. Um so yeah, man, I think we have a great month coming up. I think it's a fun theme, and I think there's going to be a lot of insights, um, you know, from Jose, uh, again, from Creatives Against Oppression and the Angry Millennial. 
as well as Josh Herndon and Michael. And then this is all obviously it's been a lot of fun as well with you. And uh, yeah, is there? Do you want people to find you anywhere? I, I think it's important to note that we are both pantsless for this. I think conversation. Everyone, everyone does know which that, kind of though. goes with the Halloween thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, I am a monster. <laughs> you are a beast. <laughs> Just a, a beastly man. Yeah. Um, but Patty is wearing a fedora, so yeah. that makes up for it. Yeah. Now it just feels like Miami. It's weird. That is weird. All right, y'all. You guys have an awesome week, and I will catch you next Monday. And know that there is a man behind the computer thinking of you. His name is Patrick, and he probably has a restraining order. Yep. Now it's enough time. Night-night. <laughs> <laughs>